You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to the Farm Bureau Studios. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. It's Thanksgiving week here in 2023, and we had our Sunday coffee last night on a Tuesday night. This is Wednesday afternoon. And I could not help but notice that as you brought us on, normally you say, welcome to Sunday coffee, welcome to out of left field, welcome to our tracks plus deep day. Of course, I would say that. But today was just welcome to the Farm Bureau Studios, which gives the the vibe. It gives the feel that this is just kind of a, a bonus episode. That's exactly what, because I have no idea what this is. This it's is unplanned. This is unplanned. Getting in the studio without the TV on again. Charlie, got to get the TV fixed. But tomorrow is the battle for you the You can't focus with the TV off. Turning the TV on <laughs> and having – I started to say a news channel by name, but I'm not going to do that because that just takes you down a political rabbit hole. I am the poster child for adult attention deficit disorder. All right. W- without doubt. And so, Charlie, we'll be broadcasting the ball game, and you'll look over at me like, what are, what are you doing? What are, and I may be like researching something on Wikipedia – during the middle of a game. Well, like one day we're over there and you're like looking at turkey calls. <laughs> like, I get it. We weren't very good this year in uh, Richard Williams sports. But. He was laughing at me the other day. We were broadcasting basketball and there was a guy from, uh, from Washington state. Clough was his last name and he was the big center and he is from Australia and he was from the sunshine coast of Australia. And so during the game, as I called and I said, he's from the Sunshine Coast, Australia. And I'm like, where's the Sunshine Coast of Australia? So then I pull up maps on my, you know, Google Maps. And I start looking where Sunshine Coast is. And Sunshine Coast is about 30 miles north of Brisbane. And then the Sun Coast is like 30 miles south of Brisbane. And I actually told Coach Williams that on the air. And he looked at me like, where'd you get that? But I was actually researching as I was broadcasting. I'm sorry. See, you've already gone off on a completely unnecessary detour. Yeah. This is life with Bart Gregory. <laughs> hey, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown. And you wonder Starbucks. why your son can't pay attention. Man, I'm I mean, you, does your wife ever just look and say, this is your fault? Yes. Okay. Every, All right, let's get to football. Three times a day. Five times a day. All right, football. We play in the battle for the golden egg tomorrow night. And we went through this yesterday about calling it the Egg Bowl versus the Battle for the Golden Egg. The Egg Bowl was coined, the term Egg Bowl, coined by the Clarion Ledger. So, if you want to call it the Egg Bowl, you are in favor of the Clarion Ledger. If you want to call it the Battle for the Golden Egg, you are in favor of good humanity. Is it still fair to... I mean, does the Clarion Ledger even exist as a reputable entity anymore? That's not a knock on anybody who works there, but I'm just saying the change in our lifetime with the influence of the Clarion Ledger is amazing. It used to be on Sunday morning. Now, look, I loved reading Rick Cleveland stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good writers there. Right? Hey, and let me tell you, 
like the riders they have now. We had some good riders, too. Seku Smith was good. Ian Rappaport was good. I know we give him a hard time. I thought VZ was pretty good. I mean, we've had some guys there who have been really good riders. And then again. Then again, we've had a few. I made the mistake of interviewing one in the pregame show a few years ago, and I will not refer to his name. He was later the the editor, and then – you know, he was the one that kind of silenced the the probe that was going on up the road up there, and you can draw your own conclusions who that was. And um, hey, I'm gonna go get a burger after I leave here. Okay, I'm just gonna let you know that. But anyway, um, what was the guy's name that was the offense coordinator for Cowboys? Was it Kellen? You've lost me so much. Have I? I have no idea what you're talking. It was Kellenberger. That's who it was. Okay. It was Kellenberger. Well, that was, I. And he tried to tell me and Matt on the pregame show. The Ole Miss was like five and six. That the game meant more to them to be able to get bowl eligible than just to beat Miss. This was just another game, and I'll never forget Matt looking at me as he was saying that, going, "I think this guy's lost his mind." Yeah, it's a little bit more than just getting bowl eligible in this game. I can guarantee you that. Well, I'd like to be bowl eligible. I would too. If we weren't playing at the end of January or December, whatever it is, I don't care. I would like to win more. I would want to win this game more. I, I would win. If it disqualified us from playing in a bowl, I'd rather win. And if you want to think back right now on the way this season's gone, you got to have something go right. Man, this would be a good time to have it happen, wouldn't it? We've been sold, saving everything in our back pocket for this one. This, this is when the real Barbe offense comes out. <laughs> this when he breaks out the, <laughs> the meat of the playbook. We didn't want to put anything on film. We didn't want to tip them off. Hey, so when you think back through this rivalry, such as it is, this series, what's your what jumps out at you? I think the thing that stands out to me was, are we talking about a specific game? Or are we talking about as the rivalry as a whole? My question is whatever you want it to be. You know, as a kid growing up, all the games were in Jackson. And I think the big thing for me is when they moved it back to campus. In 91, when Jackie Sherrill came in, it was his first year. We had already beaten Texas, and, you know, we'd had a good year going. We were going to go to our first bowl in a long time. And, you know, you had that rivalry going on in the Clarion Ledger and other newspapers with Billy Brewer. Uh, The whole habitual liar. (laughs) You don't know what habitual means. And so getting it back to campus was such a big deal, and then we were able to win that game kind of going away in 1991 and it was just it, it just felt right now what's is which is crazy is you know everybody thinks of that the state old miss rivalry game being in jackson it was in jackson for 18 years between 1973 and 2000 or excuse me 1973 and 1990 1990 rocky's last year the thing i remember about that game and old miss won the game 20 to 9 21 to 9 is the huge fight we had in the on the middle in the middle of the field against Ole Miss that day. And here's the th- you know you're looking back now and you start thinking about all these memories and things. Is so many of these games were without television. You were listening to Jack Crystal. I was listening to Jack Crystal when the field goal came back when Artie Cosby kicked the field goal. So many of these games were not televised. The ones in Jackson surely weren't. And so, I think getting it back to campus was the big thing for me. What about you? I think that's. I think the other thing, though, that kind of jumps out at me is you hear so many times people say, when this game's played, throw the record books out the window. I've never really believed in that, but it bears out over this series. 
the the underdog wins this game. Now we're probably the most decided underdogs we've had in a while. Yeah, for us, it's probably the most. You know, is it two thousand eight when we were probably this big of an underdog? Um, we'll have to look that up before our deep dig. Yeah, two thousand. You know, you look in here. We we had some games where we won. That you know, as the pessimistic Mississippi State fan going in, you didn't feel real good about. I guess 2013, you know, we were trying to get bowl eligible that year. That was the year we won in overtime when Nico Whitley hit Bo Wallace. Dak Prescott led the late charge. Boy, that guy's been a wreck on Twitter, hadn't he? Who? Bo Wallace. You been seeing that? No, I haven't. Huh. 2 a.m. Bo is a sight to behold. Is he really? Well, that's kind of not surprising, to be honest with you. But then, you know, like 2016, they had won two in a row. We go to Oxford. You know, 16, we had to win that game to get bowl eligible. Didn't we? No, that was the year we got to five and seven when, with the win, and we got to go to the bowl game because – The St. Petersburg Bowl. Yeah. And, and we go up there. barely beat Miami of Ohio. We won 55 to 20 that day. I didn't feel good about that day. 2018 – I felt like we'd win up there. That was Joe Moorhead's first year. We won 35-3. to They kind of tailed off at that time. But, hey, so many people talk about 99 and the comeback win there. You're down 14 points in the fourth quarter. You come back and you tie the game. And C.J. Simone, you kick the field goal at the very end. I think we were both ranked that day. Were we not? I think I, so. I don't remember if they were. Of course, that was the year we ended up going 10-2. and two. We were 8-2 and two going into that game. And that one was one that, boy, we played as bad as you could play for a long time. Pig Prather tried to run a punt back for the one. Remember that? Yeah, we fumbled punts. We had all kinds of a mess. Mike Tarico did that broadcast for ESPN. It was Mike Tarico, Lee Corso, and I think Kirk Herbstreet did that game on a Thursday night. That's right. Because I mean, Tarico's the guy that's saying Sermons is wide open. Yes, that was a good one. Yeah, you, know, you think back into the – Late 70s, early 80s, you've got the Dick Pace game. See, that was a little bit before my pass time. Pass interference call. They had the two-point conversion, the game that we lost here in 97. So Dick, Dick Pace would have been 83, right? I think that's right. No, excuse me. That's the that's the Artie Cosby game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the windblown, windblown field goal. The Dick Pace game would have been 81, right? Because they scored on the next play and they won the game. Yes, that was 81. That was 81, the highly questionable. Now, for our, for our listeners call. out there who don't understand who Dick Pace is, Dick Pace was the back judge, side judge. He was an official in the end zone, and he was an Ole Miss graduate. Is that correct, Charlie? I don't know that. I, I can't malign his allegiance, only his performance. Okay, but he threw a flag on a very questionable pass interference on a play that would have won the game for us on, what, fourth and goal, last play of the game. And they got one play in Ole Miss scores, and they won the game. That was 1981. All right, so I have a – let me ask you a question here. And I haven't prepared you for this one. If you had to pick your favorite University of Mississippi coach, the guy that you dislike the least, however you want to phrase it, if you had a guy, if you had to pick one of their guys to go hang out with, who is it? That I dislike the least, Houston Nut, hands down. If you gave me five guys that I was going to have lunch with tomorrow, top five guys you could have lunch with, I think I put Houston Nut in one of them. All right. So if we were power ranking the former Ole Miss coaches 
who we would hang out with. And I'm not saying, hey, at the time I didn't like him, but right now I think he would be a great person to talk to because he's the guy, it was his lawsuit that started the whole mess up there. (laughs) Okay, there is that. So that kind of moved him up. All right, but like, so I guess you'd have to categorize them differently. You know, Matt Luke seems like a decent guy. Yes. Um, Hugh Freeze, I wouldn't want to be in the same room with for any purpose. He just, I never liked him. I never bought into it. He's a phony. I'm sorry. Man, I just did a really good job of shutting my mouth. All right. Well, you keep that up if need be, but your silence will speak volumes. Okay, I'm ready to go. No, I'm not really not. Uh, Ed Orgeron, like if we were going out for a beer, yeah, that's it, the guy. You, you got to say, what are you doing with? Ed Orgeron would be the guy. You know, if you're going to hit up the clubs one night. What if you had a lunch with Ed Ogeron and Houston Nutt? Oh, my. You wouldn't get to talk, and that'd be okay. Because we always said Ogeron was not the guy that worried you. It was the guy after Ogeron because they were going to have players, and that was Houston Nutt. But, yeah, both of those guys I, I could have a conversation with. Don't want to hang out with Tuberville. Of course, no. Joe Lee Dunn was there for a year. You know, wouldn't mind hanging out with him. What about – Steve Sloan. Do you remember Steve Sloan? Steve Sloan is the guy that recruited Freddie Joe Nunn from Nanawoya back in the – Freddie Joe Nunn could play. Freddie Joe Nunn was a first-round draft pick. So, Steve Like 1981. Sloan. And Steve Sloan had the famous quote that, I know Nanawoya is not on the map, but it's on every map. He said, I'm going to draw it on every map that I have for the rest of my life because of Freddie Joe Nunn. How about this? You talk about a guy working in college athletics – without ever having accomplished much. So he starts off at Vanderbilt, had one winning season, which gets him the job at Texas Tech. He was actually SEC Coach of the Year. Went to the Peach Bowl, where they tied. But then, three years at Texas Tech, had a winning record each year. Ole Miss hires him away, never wins more than five games. Five and six was as good as it got. Left there, went to Duke, never won more than four. But he goes on, he's the athletic director. He'd been the quarterback at Alabama. In the late 70s. This is Steve Sloan, right? Yeah, excuse me, mid-60s, Steve Sloan. He was the AD at Alabama. I did not remember that for three years in the late 80s. Then the AD at North Texas, Central Florida for 10 years, and then UT Chattanooga. Really? So Steve Sloan. And then they have Billy Burr. 79 years old, living in Austin, Texas. Still what? Is he really? So shout out to you, Steve. But he's got a map. He's got Nanawoya written on it. written on it. So, yeah, but I would have to say, though, if, again, on that power ranking, least favorite Ole Miss coach of all time is Hugh Freeze. Like, I don't dislike Lane in that way. He's just weird. Yeah, and I did not dislike Cutcliffe. I thought he was a dec- decent human. Yeah, that's why he couldn't stay there. Didn't care for Billy Brewer. And once you get before those guys, you know, I can't. Yeah. I can't speak intelligently about the Billy Kynard years or the Ken Cooper years, for example. But was it Billy Kennard? Yeah, I don't see. That's how little I can speak about it intelligently. Didn't Billy Kennard come in right after Johnny Vaught? He did. And boy, that's a tough thing to do, isn't it? All right, let me ask you this then. So, question number one: What about a player? Same question. Like, who's your favorite? Ole Miss player. I'm going to take one card out of that deck for you. You can't say Deuce McAllister because Deuce McAllister 
has been cleansed in the eyes of a lot of people by virtue of his New Orleans Saints affiliation. Yeah, well, Deuce is still cloudy to me, ma'am, because I'm still team West Shivers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm still the pregame on, fight. You're still holding that. I'm up. Still holding that on on Deuce. Um, I would say my favorite Ole Miss guy. And this, let me tell you this, and this is this is not to offend anybody at all, because I know this person. They love Ole Miss like I love Mississippi State, and that's the way I got to look at it. I'm gonna put. 1A and 1B, Tommy Luke and Matt Luke. And here's the reason why. Right? And this is personal. Their grandfather is from Nanawaya, Mr. T.W. Luke. He's a longtime supervisor down there, and he literally grew up. He lived probably a mile and a half from us. And a few years ago, Mr. Mr. Tommy Luke, Mr. Tom, Matt and Tommy's dad, lives in Tupelo now, fantastic man, great man. He called the Bulldog Club offices one day, and he says, I heard you on a radio with Matt White, and he said, I heard you say, Nanawaya, who's your dad? And I told him who my dad was, and he was like, oh, we grew up together. I was like, absolutely, you did. And so they would come back to see Mr. T.W. as kids growing up. And now Tommy is a few years older than I am. Matt and I may be the same age. He may be a year older than I am. But, I, rem- I mean, I remember as kids going down there and playing football in the backyard. So, that being said, like I said, those guys love Ole Miss like I love Mississippi State, but I would say as my favorite guys that played there, that, that Tommy and or Tom and Matt. Now, the old man, Mr. Tommy, is one of the two players from Nanawaya that's ever played in the NFL. Freddie Joe Nunn's the other. But they both, you know, Mr. Tommy went to Ole Miss and he played for the Buffalo Bills. But he wasn't good enough to get Nanawaya on the map. He was not good enough. He was not as good as Freddie Joe to getting Nanawaya on the map. All right, my next question for you. Favorite, no, you don't get to, oh, you don't get to answer yours? No, I'm having fun here. No, I'm not going to admit to liking any of those people. <laughs> I'm just surprised you had such a heartfelt moment there. No, I was I was actually I mean, trying to pull. I how much I love these all Miss. No. So, favorite Mississippi State performer in Egg Bowl in the battle, is it for or of? It's for the Golden Egg. Battle right? for the Golden Egg. All right, favorite performer from a Mississippi State perspective in the history of the rivalry. Oh man! Let's first before we settle on one. Let's think of nominees. I and mean, if you have thoughts on somebody we missed, Chris Ralph won three tweet at Crowder Jason and let him know. <laughs> Which still has to be the worst thing I've done this year on the post game show. Oh, we did it to him again. Oh, did you really? No, actually, we did it to you this week oh, while thank you were gone. You. So, all right, Chris Ralph won three. Chris Ralph won three. Nick Fitzgerald had the big big game in 2016. Fitzgerald is a all-time performer in this game. Then there's other people. I don't know that you would call them Scott Westerfield performers, except maybe like they have big moments. Westerfield had the big moment, like the Robert Bean tip, the Eugene Clinton interception, kick it Bean run Eugene. Yeah, and then the C.J. Sermon's moment. Those were all big in the rivalry. Norwood had a really good game against them. J.J. Johnson went over the top when we knew that was kind of the. That culmination moment of knowing that you're about to win the SEC West. Tim Nelson. Had Tim the, Nelson had that pick in that game. Had the pick in that game. It went down the sideline. Oh, man. Jarius Norwood going and getting the IV, coming back in 2005. 2007, Pegues. Oh, yeah. Boy, so that goes back to the whole thing when people get mad about not going forward on fourth down. 
Yeah. If if Ed O just punts the football in that ball game instead of kicking it. We had well, played. He, excuse me. Instead of going for it on fourth down, he gave us a short field that we took advantage of. And then right you run, after that. And then you run the punt back after you score the touchdown. You tie the game. Then you kick the field goal at the end. Yeah, there's some big moments. Of course, Charlton last year had the batting down the ball and on the two-point conversion. That goes in my list, by the way, of five most underrated, under-recognized plays probably at Mississippi State ever, not simply in this game. Because that was set up. They had the shovel pass set up, and Randy Charlton bats it away. You don't talk to him about that. Did you? Because I asked him about it. He said that the thing, you practicing against the air raid often didn't translate in a lot of ways, but that play he saw every single day he was here, and he just wasn't going to get beat on that play. He said he saw it coming the whole way. I would say performance-wise it had to be Fitzgerald. In 2016, a lot of it probably because I just didn't see that game coming. Yeah, I think that adds something to it. So I know we're forgetting some people. That big, if you do think of somebody, tweet us that one. Yeah, at Bart Gregory at Charlie Winfield because there's somebody that we're leaving off. That would be a fun thing to come back to tomorrow on our deep dig to look at what we have missed here. Like big moments. This is big performances. It's whatever you want it to be. You know who we're leaving out because I know about Nick Fitzgerald in 16. That gets all the attention. What about Eris Williams? Oh, yeah. I mean, he went for almost 200 yards in that game. Same game. Now, this is a game before my time, but I've heard him talked about David Smith in 69, 14 catches, 194 yards. I think of football in 1969 to do that. Well, John Bond, 1980. I mean, we won that game. JB had 163 yards rushing on 15 carries, and we won 19 to 14. But that's a little bit before my time too. I mean, I'm a young, I'm a young. Hey, Kevin guy. Fant had the big game against them in 2002. 2001. You know, he had a big game against them in a loss in 02. Threw for 340 yards in that game. So how about this? We've only had four 300-yard passing games against Ole Miss. Will Rogers has two of those. Yeah, and then Kevin Fant, 2002. Both of them came in a loss. I forgot about the 2002 Kevin Fant came in a loss. Dave Marler in 78 came in a loss. How about that? Four 300-yard passing games, we lost all of them. <laughs> Note to self. Ladarius Perkins. the football. Ladarius Perkins had the big game. Yeah, Ladarius Perkins. So, it always felt like he was going to play better, Ralph was going to play better, that these games were just kind of made for them for some reason. All right, so you're not oh, going to – Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, I got to remember this one. What about the Michael Davis game, the 40 carries? Yeah. I was at that game. 40 carries. Was that 1994? No, that was 93 here. Oh, 93 here. 94 was the year that Bowie and Michael Davis ran it a ton that day in Oxford, and we won in 94. They combined for 51 carries that day. Wow. 51 carries. We'll be lucky to run 51 plays in this ball game coming up. Yep. All right, so those are my questions for you. All right. So, so my, my question's for you. Are you going to answer any questions, or was that it? Well, I think we're out of time. So we're going to come back tomorrow. We're going to do our deep dig tomorrow morning. Tracks plus deep dig tomorrow. Friday we'll come in here, and we'll do our Sunday coffee on a Friday. We've got to broadcast basketball Friday afternoon. Do you know that? And I have – look, if we lose this game on Thursday, Friday – 
coffee. It might be all about basketball and Josh Hubbard. <laughs> it could be. It will be the Josh Hubbard Appreciation Show. The other thing I'm going to look at before we do our deep dig tomorrow, by the way, is the number of players who played on both sides of this rivalry. There was Malik Keith, Breck Tyler. Bob Tyler's son. Yeah. Played two years here, then two years there, I believe. Malik helped us a lot last year, even though he played for Ole Miss. He had a big drop. Hey. Big-time players. For big-time moments and big-time games. All right. So let's let's get out of here, come back tomorrow, dig into this thing. Yep. I have a Trax Plus deep dig tomorrow. Go to TraxPlus.com. Maroon and Company. Go to MaroonandCo.com. Type in the code NIL10 for great Bulldog merchandise. Country Pleasing Sausage made right here in the state of Mississippi down in Florence at CountryPleasing.com. A Country Meat Packers. Tomorrow we'll have our Two Players Can Smoke You brought to you by Two Brothers, Howard Technology Solutions. Go to HowardComputers.com to see how this Mississippi company can help you with your technology. Cannon Ford of Startwell and Startwell.org, Mississippi's college town. And Bank First. Go to BankFirstFS.com for all your banking needs. And so for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh, on it's not out of left field. It's not their tracks plus deep dig. It's not Sunday coffee. Just a uh, Hey, thanks for hanging out. <laughs>